So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today is a beautiful, sunshiny Arizona day, and I'm excited just to come to you. There's so much pain, fear, doubt, everything in the world, like the world's falling. Guys, I'm here to tell you, not today, not today for you on this podcast, we are going to talk about hope, ambition, Drive everything about the mind because I'm going to tell you right now, today, more than ever, mindset matters. What you feed your brain each and every day is a direct result of how tomorrow is going to show up. And you've got to do this on the daily. It has got to be ingrained in you that, that you want to win so bad. And that drive inside you keeps you focused. And it keeps you on the goal, the path. And my friends, that is why I have my next guest uh, on, uh, getting ready to show up. I'll introduce him here in a minute. Um, because we've got a really good show for you today. You're not going to want to miss this one. Before I do that, though, i gotta, I got to talk about a couple things happening in Kahuna World that I, I absolutely think you should know about. Number one, if you've not done so, if you'd like to learn how to get involved in Kahuna Deals, Right to be able to see them and maybe potentially invest in them. The only way that ha can happen is we have a pre-existing substantive relationship, and the only way we do that is we have a detailed process. To start that process, you've got to go to KahunaInvestments.com, KahunaInvestments.com, and click in get into the D Kahuna Deal Room. And we're going to ask you like five or five simple questions, and that will start a process which will end up with you on a Zoom call with my wife, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, she's investor relations, and she's going to get to know you, what your, you know, what your investing goals, who you are personally, make sure that we're a good fit, and we'll get you into our process so we can actually share with you our deals. So I highly recommend that you go to kahunainvestments.com. And uh, get into the deal room. Be part of our team. Let's let's get to know each other and uh, break some bread and have some community. And let's create those relationships so we can be able to share uh, our deals with you. And then the next thing is Kahuna Boardroom. Our Kahuna Boardroom is happening in October. And right now we're kind of pre-selling it. And really, like we're already selling quite a few seats. Now, we only have 60 seats available. We like to put a cap on stuff, especially on an event like this. 
We normally would only have 35, but we've reconstructed how we're going to set up. I think this is going to work out even a little bit better, but it's still a very manageable amount. We're only going to allow 60 people in this event. And so, and the reason for that is we cut out having three events a year. We're only going to do it two, two times instead of three. And this year, it's actually only once. It's just going to be this October. But guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are looking to get into multifamily investing, I give you everything. And when I tell, I mean, I give you everything that I've ever created, all my training and tools, everything I've ever created on a silver platter. We do a lot of done for you stuff. We do custom uh, marketing pieces for you. My team, you become family. You, you come into the community. We will go above and beyond and then just support. We're here for you. Anyways, to apply because it's not you you just can't go buy it and say you're in to apply go to kahunaboardroom.com and then go click the apply button and then you're going to again talk to my wife she's she's the gestapo okay she has the decision on whether you come in or not so you got to make sure that she impressed my wife uh, if you want to go into our boardroom. And right now, uh, we're selling the boardroom for $5,000 instead of our normal price of $7,500. Now, that's soon to be changing come August. So in August, we're going to change the price. Um, so right now, it's $5,000. Uh, we can set you up on a payment plan. Um, we will work with you. We just want you, if you're thinking about doing multifamily investing, I'm just telling you, the opportunity is golden right now. It's golden. So you will definitely want to be a part of that. So my uh, the guest that I'm going to have on the show today is, is very successful in his own right. His name is Paul Lazell, and Paul's been a successful real estate investor since 2001, but he's been rehabbing rental properties back in 1992, and Paul's pretty close to the same age as I am, so when he was doing this, he was doing it probably as his dad, and uh, he was probably just out of high school. <laughs> so he has bought and sold over a 1,000 properties nationwide uh, during his investing career. He still does it now. Uh, but Paul enjoys being able to help home buyers and sellers, um, as well as improve communities. And, as, and, and he thinks it's just really extremely rewarding. He builds long-term relationships with his customers and really creating wow experiences. And uh, more importantly... This is my best part about Paul, and this is where me and him are two birds of the same uh, feather, is that Paul's coached travel baseball for the past nine years for his three sons and has four championships as a head coach in both baseball and basketball. See, Paul is living, he's a full-time dad. He's, he's a guy, he's a, he's a dad first, truly. And I admire them about him, but he's made his business work for him. And so today, we're really going to dive into why mindset matters. Because Paul attributes his success in business and investing to coaching, education, and systems. And at the end of all of that is his belief, right? Guys, you got to believe it before you can achieve it. So guys, put your hands together and help me welcome Paul Lazell. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, let's just kind of, let's if we can, let's kind of dig into your your story a little bit and just kind of tell us, give us a, a little bit of the playing field of where we come from. And, and you know, today's episode, we really want to talk about mindset and, and how, how important that is, especially in times like this. 
Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I'll give you a little bit of background on me where I started in real estate. So we'll go back way back to 1993 when I started working for my uncle doing contracting work. And he bought a duplex and a quadruplex. And we gutted these properties, fixed them up, made them look beautiful, right? He, he kept them. He still owns them to this day, renting them out. He's never bought a property that he's ever, he's never sold a property, right? He's just buying them. He's keeping them. He's holding them, which is a good long-term wealth um, model to do. Now, for, um, for me, when I got started, that kind of got my itch into real estate. So I started in 2001, but my model was a little bit different. I did a fix and flip, right? I was doing that. Yep. Bought a few duplexes, did some holds, did some multi-unit stuff. Um, then in 2007, eight, when that crash hit, I switched my model to wholesaling. Really, in 2009, we went straight to wholesaling with a little bit of fixed and flip going on and occasional buy and hold. And the wholesaling was great. Loved it. You know, windfall. We're coming into the opportunity for that again. We're going to hit maybe another potential 2008, 2009 type of event here where there's going to be opportunities out the wazoo. So, you know, I went from wholesaling, then fixing and flipping again, and still wholesaling, buying and holding again. You know, I had some multi-units. I had some singles. I still do a lot of singles too, right? As well as the multis, but yep. then start doing owner financing too. So I kind of got in a mixture of a whole bunch of different things. Um, I love the idea. Sometimes it just makes it, it's like important to like diversify even, you know, real estate's a big genre. And, you know, I always say you want multiple streams of income coming in anyways. Oh, totally. I I love this. You know, you got the rental income, which is awesome, right? Now you do have to worry about tenants and toilets with that, which I'm totally fine with. If you have systems in place, you're good with that. I love the owner financing. That's great because you don't have to worry about that stuff. But at the same time, it's a finite period of time where you're getting that income, right? Whether you have it as a 5, 10, 15, or 30-year note, and you're not getting any appreciation on that either. You're not getting depreciation, tax write-offs or anything like that. Um, so it's nice having those different sources of income, right? As well as the fix and flips, you get a nice chunk of change and maybe you turn that nice chunk of change into a rental property, right? You put a percentage of that down into your buy and hold portfolio. So it's just super important to be able to do, I think, a lot of different things in real estate and use different disposition methods, right? Depending on what's best for what property and what you're going to do with it. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's what I love about you and kind of what you've done. Because I see a lot of investors out there that only do one thing. Like if, they, if their biggest thing is wholesale, that's all they do. And they don't ever think about the long-term aspects of how do I create that passive income, right? Yeah. Um, and it really is, it's about, you know, taking, you can generate a lot of wealth, but it's also trying to reinvest in things that, provides you stable like you know i i call it the fu button right <laughs> your fu meter and that's made through that's passive right the stuff that comes in without you having to work for it yeah and that's the best and ultimately that's what we all want to have is that passive income right you don't want to have to constantly doing the stress of fixing and flipping and wondering where the next deal is to bring you that paycheck right where when you get that passive income you know that's coming in monthly monthly, right? You're always going to have that pretty consistent income. You'll blips here or there. You know, I have COVID here, like maybe people paying wasn't the same as it's always been, but people get back on track. And overall, that's just your safest, best, most profitable way. That's how you get truly rich in in real estate. You know, you're not doing it from flipping. You're getting short-term income with high taxation on it, right? Yeah. When you're doing the long-term stuff, when you're doing the buy and holds and doing the multi-unit buildings, you get all this depreciation. You can really get your tax basis really, really low. And that's super important. Oh, yeah. Well, not paying taxes is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Sam's, he's loyal. He ain't ever going to cheat on you. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think that's what, like, yeah, your mindset's always got to be 
ultimately, if you want to get in real estate, you really want to be successful long-term, you've got to think buy and hold because ultimately that's what's going to give you long-term wealth and that's what's going to give you the best tax benefits, right? Yeah, when I think of Uncle Sam, I think of coming to America. I want half, Eddie. I want half. Because <laughs> that's what it is anymore. I mean, if you really do math and, you, and if you're in a high tax bracket, yeah. after you get state, you know, local uh, and sales tax in there, you're really at 50% money. You are. You and are. Think about that. You're like, so if I made a million bucks, scratch that. No, you only made half a million. Yes. That <laughs> makes you want to cry. It does. I, and we wrote, and I'm sure you have too, written those checks like, oh my God, I'm paying this much to the federal government, I'm paying this much to the state government. You know, that's where you appreciate living in a state with no income tax, right? I don't know what Arizona's income tax is, but uh, that's we what have you, it, But yeah, I, minimal, I, right? Yeah, it's not so bad. It's not like New Jersey where you're 10% or New York or California where these people are paying 10, 12%, which is outrageous. I think that's. I think that's why I transitioned 1,000% into apartments because of that cost segregation study rule that they have now that is 100% bonus. So yeah. I've not paid taxes in the last uh, two and a half, going on my third year now, just because of the depreciation that you can carry forward up front. So that's that's been a crazy benefit, one that I wasn't expecting, but man, it's a game changer in my opinion. So Oh, sure is. And you can continue that too. You know, you're going to keep on adding different properties here and you'll be adding different apartment complexes, I'm sure, down the road here. So that's something your one of your goals and objectives should be to pay as little in taxes as possible, right? To tax manage. Yeah. To do tax management. So, Paul, give me a little bit about your business because, man, I mean, I want everybody to understand that Paul's got a pretty big business. Paul's Paul's kind of a baller, if in, <laughs> in my opinion. That's what I just want to put it out there. So we do, you know, our business is different than almost anybody else's out there. We do, we deal virtually with real estate, right? So we bought in 44 out of the 50 states. There's a few states we just don't want to buy in, right? Or it's not as profitable to work in. Um, we do a lot of wholesaling in these other states here. And we do some fix and flipping and wholesaling in other states. Like in Tucson, Arizona, I used to do actually pretty large scale rehabbing there because I had boots on the ground in Tucson. That was a good market. Now that's gotten a little bit too hot. It's hard to find deals in Tucson even now. Yeah. Um, but no, I, we usually do between say 60 and 130 deals a year. And I'm trying to scale back now and trying to be a little bit smarter and, and try to increase my margins, do less deals for bigger profits, right? And then put some of those profits into rentals, which we're really pounding and, and hitting a rental game, buying um, duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes. We're actually doing a lot of fix and flips right now, believe it or not, with multi-unit buildings. And they're in super high demand, especially locally here in my market. Yeah. Yeah, they're a huge, huge demand. And Are totally you understand. finding them the same way that you're finding your single family? So yeah, most of them I'm buying through banks, right? So we buy almost exclusively REO properties, right? So we're buying either on auction.com, HubZoo, Hudson and Marshall Zone, Realty Bid, um, through HUD Home Store, Fannie and Freddie, and also just traditional REOs that are online that you can yeah. purchase. So that's most of what we get. However, I do buy from wholesalers too. You know, there's a couple of multi- So you're not spending a whole bunch of money outlay for marketing. Right. Our marketing costs are zero. Every single thing I get, either even when I get stuff privately from people, it's through word of mouth that people that know what I do. And then we do a lot off the MLS too. God, I love that. I mean, that was my game back in 08, 09. That's the only game I played. I'm like, listen, I just got in and and knew my markets well enough to I could, you know, you're going there every day. Like, hey, look for for the new deals and put, put offers. 
Right you know, deals at the wazoo then too. Deals yeah. at the wazoo at that point. Yeah, and it was like the more offers you made, the the more chances of getting offers accepted. And it totally. was just a it was just a game of hey man, I got to put in ten offers to get a one deal. So let's put in thirty offers so we can get three. Yep, it, it is truly a numbers game with that, and we still do it that way. And we use our VAs to send offers, and um, you know we we're getting quite a few off the MLS with that now. And one of the other specialties that we do too, by the way, Corey, we buy a lot in remote areas, right? So we buy in areas where the low lying fruit is, I call it, right? There's not a whole lot of competition out there. Yep. Um, you know, say like if you're looking at the St. Louis market, go 45 minutes to an hour outside of the St. Louis market, and you're going to find a big price reduction, right? A lot less competition out there. Yeah. But there's still buyers. So our, um, our margins are actually higher in those areas. Our disposition can take a little bit longer too, right? Because we have to be a little bit more tactical, tactical about how we're trying to contact buyers to sell there. Because a lot of these places, like if they're remote, if they're in the hills, you have an older population, we actually use the newspaper because they don't go online too much, right? So we still advertise and sell properties on the newspaper or direct oh, wow. mail. We'll do some postcards. We do direct mail to, you know, we'll find, we'll get buyers list in these areas and find out who's active and we direct mail. We sell a lot that way too. Facebook marketplace, of course, too. Right. And we sell a lot through that, but we, we like the remote areas. We do, a, we do a lot in those markets. So on the, uh, the quad stuff, I mean, how much rehab do you usually put uh, in those types of deals? Is it, is it a, a a lot or is it just enough to get it filled up a little bit and then sell it or that depends on my market. So like I got two different ones going on here. I got a triplex in Portland PA, which is up in the Pocono area on the border of Pennsylvania, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, which is great for the New York market, right? People that want to live there and get tax advantages of living in Pennsylvania, but still commute to New York or North Jersey, right? And work there. I don't have to do that one. I don't have to dial that one up as much to get that thing rented and get good rents out of it. Where in my area, I'll doll it up, you know, I'll put really nice shaker cabinets in there, granite, I'll, I'll put like decorative walls in there and get high-end rents for it. Like, for example, like the last two I've done here in the, in the multis, we have four one-bedroom units and they're traditionally the hardest ones to rent, right? Your lowest rents. We're yeah. getting $1,350 a month for, for most of them and up to $1,400 a month on some of these as well. But you know, what we did was just made them nicer than everybody else's out there. I had the digital keypad entry, so you don't have to fuddle with your key to get into the house. All kinds of nice little upgrades, you know, the outlets with with the USB ports and little things like that that millennials love. And millennials yeah. are renting these things are crazy. Their credit scores are great. Their income's awesome. They could buy my properties, rent rent out the other unit and or other units, and have them pay for it. The, but they don't want to. They want to be um, they want to be mobile. That's a real. That's a great. Uh, a little nugget right there because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials and that they are great. They're a great um, source of. They're a great renter. Yes, they they, they do have good uh, jobs. Um, they but they want flexibility, mobility. They do, and they and they don't even believe in owning a home right now. They don't. They it's funny, and I can't convince any of them right now, mindset wise, to do it. And I think they want to be so fluid within their jobs, from what I'm seeing, and also they want to be fluid with where they live. Because now, even more so, this has become even more so with coronavirus, right? Because people are working from their homes now. They're realizing, I don't have to live that close to my work anymore. My job might be permanently I can work from my home office now. So now the mobility thing, they could kind of live wherever they want. So they can become more mobile. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it, it really is an interesting game. 
man, I, I love that that idea of and just for everybody listening too, I just want to make the, a big point. Even though you know I buy big multifamily apartments, um, it can be as simple as starting with a duplex, triplex, or quad. Like some people, sometimes I, I forget that you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to buy a hundred unit apartment complexes, but at the same time, four units is better than one. Right. You know, two units is better than one. Yeah. Um, anytime you can you know, put more people in the same area and manage them, I think you do well. I think you can you do really well. I totally, totally agree with that. I'm actually looking at, and in our areas, there's some of these older buildings where there's 10, 15, 20, 30 units. I'm going to really start to target as we get into this changing market, those properties. I love those. Those are ones you are, it's a little less costly for you to change it from maybe a C class to a B class building, do a little upgrades, yeah. not as many in there, right? Um, so I'm going to really start to target some of those. I've already been looking at them and, and the yeah. price points have been like a little bit crazy on some of these, but I think in the next year, we're going to see some, you know, we're going to see changes in the market for sure. Yeah. So things will drop and I want to pick up these left and right. And then also work my way up to the 100 units and, and those buildings as well. Well, so that's a great transition into what we really want to talk about, which which is mindset and why it matters, right? Um, Because, I mean, if we're coming off of COVID, we're coming off of riots, by the time this thing gets published, like, there's just a lot of fear and uncertainty um, everywhere. It's rampant. World's on fire. But yeah, but in that, there's also opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is where I was just at the gym today. I was talking with some older guys playing racquetball and, you know, their mentality is it'll never be normal. There is no new normal, right? It's, it's changed forever. And I'm like, no, it's not, man. Like it's cycle. It's a cycle. It is. Yep. It's and, a cycle and it always happens. And I'm, you know, and I was telling, I was just talking to the guy I was playing racquetball, a good friend of mine. He's an investor too. And I'm like, man, I'm thinking about buying, you know, this and buying that. He's like, oh God, why? I'm like, why would you want to buy? I'm like, oh my God, this is when you buy, when when there's blood in the streets, yep, when there's fear, when there's uncertainty, you can buy cheaper. Yes, deeper discounts. This is opportunity zone out the wazoo coming up here for us. So next year or so, we're gonna really see that. Yeah, and and so in our mindset, Paul. I mean, I've always said this. Anybody that has a high level of success in anything, right, whether it's sports or whatever, there is something about that person that I think a lot of people either don't have or haven't learned how to activate, mm-hmm. right? And I want to just open it up to you. You tell me what that is. What do you have, Paul? That, what's the mysterious? And I know it's not mysterious, but if you were to think about, you know, what what am I doing? Why am I successful as compared to another guy, and because it, it, it's not about your choices, it's got to be about something different. I, I don't know. You tell me. No, no, you're right. I think I think it might be a lot of different things, but part of it is I think what makes ultra successful people. You look at like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, right? These people are just so ultra competitive, and they will work on the basics over and over again. I think in anything, when, you know, when I'm coaching, when I'm coaching my kids in sports, I coach travel baseball and coach basketball and football. I always go over the basics, the fundamentals over and over and over again, right? Because those are the things when you have the fundamentals down, everything else comes along with it, right? And markets have fundamentals. 
our you know housing market has fundamentals, right? And this happens all the time when when a crash hits and a bloodbath happens and everybody's scattered and all the investors leave. That's when there's opportunity at the wazoo. You got no competition. You're picking things up for pennies on the dollar. And there's just so much opportunity. So now's the time you need to ramp up getting private money and having those funds available as much as possible. I'm liquidating a lot right now, a lot of stuff, because I want to have cash on the sideline to really hit this opportunity that's going to be coming up. And I think it's going to start potentially as early as the fall when the PPP money runs out, right? All the helicopter money that the government dropped out on us, the oh yeah, and all that. When that I got some of that, yeah, we all got some of that, right? But that's going to eventually run out for some of these companies out there, like these yeah um, these retailers. You're going to see so many bankruptcies, right? And you're going to see commercial market get destroyed. The commercial, not apartment building, right? Because people need a place to live. Commercial as in strip malls, as oh, yeah. malls, Listen, all these, right? I'm already on the hunt for that right now in Phoenix. Like <laughs> that is, I'm like, where's the blood? I think it's in retail. I and, think it's uh, in retail too. I agree. And I see conversion potentials come up. Look at malls, right? we got a big mall that was built when I was really young here. That's going to be gone soon. And you, But that could be converted into housing. That could be converted into something with stores built into it, right? It's certain stores that you have restaurants and things that people in that community want. You're already starting to see them built these promenades. I don't know whether they're doing them out there in Arizona, but we have them a lot out here on the East Coast where apartments all up above and down below is all commercial, right? It's it's shopping, it's food. Trying to make everything bars. mixed use, right? Yeah, trying yes. to put like different tenants up top, retail at the bottom, create its own little economy, mm-hmm. right? That self-supports it. And then you, you see these malls, they're built for it, right? You could turn them into places to live. You got parking, plenty of parking. And you've also got the retail and the retailers would love it to have customers built in to where they are, right? Yeah. So then the ones that survive, maybe they go into those those places. So be, I'll be really curious to see over the next 10, 15, 20 years what happens to malls. Dude, I, I would say malls are probably on the, I mean, I just know they are. Because like yeah. Amazon can deliver to your doorstep. Yes. Right? I love Amazon. I use it all the time. I mean, don't we all? So yes. you just made reference to the last dance with Michael Jordan. And I just, I've been watching, I just finished that and dude it was epic i'm gonna tell you i am actually gonna do some podcasts just talking about everything about that and why his mindset and i and what i loved about it and this is where i see the parallel for anybody that's successful in business and sports right that was what i was thinking about you read my mind so it's great we both watched the same show (laughs) but is not only was jordan competitive he was, it was like, it's this and nothing else matters. Like, this is, I will figure out a way to win. And when adversity comes at him, whether he was sick, whether he had new two teammates, you know, you know, when you have a Dennis Rodman where you got to go to Vegas and pick him up, right? So you got to get back to practice, right? But when he was playing as an individual, you know, he beat all his, that was his own records. But when he started winning championships, he started had to have a team focus. And he goes, I'm going to help my team and I'm going to do whatever it takes to lead the way. And it was just, and it was like no holds barred and holding everybody accountable. And, and you could just tell he was never going to quit. Right. And that's what they kept talking about the leadership of the, and the drive. I think that's what we possess, Paul. 
I agree. I think that's what makes most people successful in any which way that drive. And he also the vision, right? And he had a vision. His vision was win, right? Winning at all costs, no matter what. Be the best. Yes. Be n- absolutely destroy everybody else. And it's funny how he would look for inner games, things to challenge him. So, like, if he was playing, but he got mad at a guy or whatever, he found a reason for him to, like, turn it on and show you. That's what, that's really what gave him the extra. Totally. That's what it, drives, you know, and that should drive all of us too. Like, and yeah. I still play sports. You're playing, you're playing racquetball today, right? Like, you're getting competitive. You want to win. You don't want to lose your buddy there. Yeah. You the bragging rights, right? Well, he's 65. I better not lose, but he yeah, actually beat true. me today. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good. Oh my God. I got beat by a 65 year old. My man card just got turned in. <laughs> When they're crafty, now hit the ball in the corner, really make it die, make it sh- struggle to get there. Right I mean, there. this guy is so good; he just puts it in the right spots. And and I'm not gonna lie, but today I just felt like I had tennis. So I was like, I couldn't even feel my arm. It was like a freaking wet noodle. But that's the drive, dude. It's yes. that drive. You have it. I know you have it. I have it. Mm-hmm. And for people that are listening right now, that is the little piece. Is I was playing real estate. Up until 2009. So I started my company in 2005, Paul. But Mm -hmm. I can remember vividly, it was the day that I sold out on the idea that I was going to stop playing and I was going to focus. And I just laid out and said, man, threw down the gauntlet and said, from this day forward, real estate is the only thing that, besides my family, that matters. But but I'll never quit and I will figure out every obstacle that I come across. I'm going to get away around it. And you have, and you've changed. Look at your, your business has evolved because you did the fix and flips. You did the wholesale thing. And I remember, cause we were in the same mastermind group at that point where you pivoted to the multifamily buildings. I remember we're in a bar, they're collective genius. Right? Yeah. And you're, and you're pivoting at that point to, to really go hardcore into that, which was to go awesome. all in. Yeah. yeah. And you did, and you're super successful at it. And you know, you had a plan you, and you were totally driven totally driven. You could just see it in your eyes. And I'll tell you the difference that we have students. I mean, you got students as well. I remember having a phone call with our, our star student, Trey. I ha- I'm talking to him for five minutes. And I just remember going to Mike, my business partner. And I'm like, this guy's going to eat stone cold killer. It's going to be, he's going to do really, really well. He'll hit the ground running like that. Did his first month. He never did this before three deals, right? Buying properties the way we taught him to do it. And he continues to do it. And like, he just, he just had it though. You can hear it. He had that hunger. There's yeah. a little bit of hunger in them, right? You have to have a little dog in you, right? You have to have a little hunger. You have to have a little drive and fight. And he had it, and he's been successful. And you see the same, and I'm sure, in students that you've coached over the I years. I do. It's always the same. And and, and so and sometimes it takes a while to percolate, yes. right? And, and just like it took me a while for me to percolate. So we go on these journeys, and sometimes we're not as successful as we want to be. But sometimes you got to ask yourself, have you really sold out to the idea? Right, because sometimes we're just sitting there playing practice shots, mm-hmm. and we're not we're not practicing like we should be playing. There's no purpose, right? You're just doing yeah. going yeah, through you're, the just, you're going through the motions. It's not purposeful, and you're not playing like you'd be in a game situation. Right. I always say you got to practice the way you play. Yes, right. If you right. practice crappy and you think you're going to show up play great, that's never going to happen. Ever, and, and that's the last dance. That they're like, dude, Michael brought it. He brought it at practice yeah. every day brought bringing it like it's competitive dude yes. and if you can't do that in the daily in your you know when you're working even though I, I feel like i got a job it's mm-hmm. my company but i gotta roll it and i gotta play it 
Right. And, and I better bring it or yeah. nothing's going to happen. No, no. You're the driver of the engine. If you don't bring it, it's not going to happen. And, 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 you know, and the roles change, right? So even for you, you got a business, you have staff, you have people. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. Now you just got to be, you got to be focused on becoming a better leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's a key. Be, become a better leader, be smarter with your decision making because we're going to run into tougher times. Right. So just be, you know, have a good focus, have a good goal, know what you know, what the market's going to do and how to pivot with it. Right. Anticipate. Right. A lot of what we do is we anticipate, right. We've been talking about, Corey, how many time, years have we been talking about this potential crash happening? We knew there was a potential for it. We just didn't know what was going to be the catalyst. Well, it turns out it's COVID-19. That's the catalyst for it here. So we, since we've been talking about it and practicing going over in these masterminds, what do we do as we see this? We're, we're more prepared, right? Your yeah, average investor doesn't know what to do. No. Just think, we've been talking about this a crash for probably the last two years. Yes. Right? Yep. Hey, we don't know what's going to happen, but listen, if you look at history, we've been doing this thing since 2008. Mm-hmm. It's now 2018, yep. right? That's a 10-year run. That's a kind of a normal cycle, mm-hmm. and it's really good. So, like, something's going to give. We don't know what it is, but just be – and we were already talking about being prepared, maybe selling some of those assets, maybe having being a little bit more liquid, right? Yep. Making sure that you're in the right spot. Because when it comes around, and that's exactly what's happening. Now, I don't think we're there yet, exactly yet. Do you? Agreed. I agree 100%. Right? We're not there yet. We're going to be there soon, but we're not there. We just got so many crazy factors between the coronavirus and now all this crazy rioting. Well, because and, and all the money that's been is yeah. pumping into our economy, it's like a kickstand that's got a fatal flaw in it. And just no one sees it yet. No. And it's that kickstand's going to break. It, it is. Well, I'm thinking like this. I'm watching you. You and I both look at the stock market and stuff like that. You look at the market and what news came out that day, and the market reacts off the news a lot of times, right? So now we're seeing like craziness go on, and the market's still going up. Like it's going up like it never normally did. So it's so disengaged from normal circumstances right now. But when you pump $6 trillion into a market, when you have the Federal Reserve and Treasury buying junk corporate, junk corporate bonds right now, just to keep the market afloat, right? So that's why we're not seeing it yet. It's going to be more towards the fall next year that we'll really see this opportunity come up. You know? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely delayed, but it's coming. I, and but, listen, it, how deep it is, how vicious that part is still up to debate, mm-hmm. but it'll still be better, right? And so, like, the goal is there's still even, you know, even now there's deals you're still buying now. Yes. Right. But you're buying a lot right now, believe it or not. Being selective and, but the right deals are the right deals. You can make money on the way down in a market. You can sure make a lot of money on the way up. But on the way down, you just got to be real smart about what you're buying and have a plan to either offload it quick or to fill it up quick with, you know, with, uh, you know, tenants. Yes. That's the got to be the plan. Get a cash flowing, right? Get a cash flowing. As quick as possible. Yeah, we're doing so. The properties I'm picking up right now, we probably picked up 12 in the last three weeks, which has been really, really good. Yeah. And we're moving them. They're going like this right now. And part of it, because everybody's been locked down, haven't been able to do anything. There's a lot of money sitting on the sideline now. They These investors have cash. Their other projects are done looking for another one. We yeah. have good margins. We're getting some good 20, 25, $30,000 margins in some of these things again, which is, I have not seen that over the past year very often. But now it's becoming more consistent. But I know there's it's only be for a period of time. I don't know when it's going to end. So yeah, and the difference right now is we have we actually have banking a little bit. Yeah, we do. The banks are not just disengaged; they're actually engaged. It's different, but they're still banking, and they're still just like 
cheap money. Now, how long that'll last, I don't know, but like it's in, I mean, I just did a refi 3.63% on a 10 year note. This is for like, I don't know, seven, seven million dollar apartment building, Mm -hmm. but 3.63. That's insane. You can't get money that cheap. That's unbelievable. With five years of interest only. (laughs) (laughs) That is insanity. That's yeah. You can't get rates. I mean, my payment went from like 65,000 to 32,000. Right. I mean, overnight, I'm like, now we're printing money at the property. <laughs> you almost doubled your income with that. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's tremendous. Eh, you stash some of that cash, right? Oh, stash yeah. It's cash. just sitting there. Man, my investors are happy as hell. Yeah, I bet right? they are. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I guess, and I just see more of that with that cheap money and the opportunities because it's about people. There's everybody's jobs. They're losing jobs. I mean, jobs right now. And, and a lot of people are, may not even be coming back to work. Because yep. we're paying more money to stay unemployed. Yes. We're going to hit a new career. I think we're going to hit a really interesting. It, there's a lot of good things that come out of this Corona, in my opinion, right? P- the use of Zoom, people understanding how to do things virtually, um, not having to, to commute as much. You can do more of the telecommuting and stuff, right? So you're, you also have 40 million plus unemployed right now. These people are sitting at home. They're getting their helicopter money right now, but they're coming up with potential business ideas, right? So maybe some new business ideas, some new inventions that'll come out there. There's going to be so much opportunity and so much new technology, I think, coming out over the next decade because yeah. of this, that it could end up being a very good positive despite all the negatives that surround it. Yeah. So, Paul, what are you like? What's your MO right now for the next uh, six months? Like, what's. What's operations at Polo look like right now? What, what's the plan? So right now, what I'm doing is I'm getting rid of my lower level rentals, selling all them off. The ones that cash flow that spit it off have great rates. I'm not getting rid of them. There's no point in doing that, right? Keeping the good ones, getting some cash. And I want to hold on to some of that cash because I know there's going to be great opportunity coming for me to buy and get some of these buy and hold, maybe build a bigger, get a bigger property, or even potentially I'm looking at areas where I can buy land and potentially develop a multi-unit building. Right, which would be yeah. awesome, especially yeah. when we hit a, a lower level market there. Hopefully, costs come down to labor and materials. Who knows? But I'm looking for those opportunities right now. So I still do the wholesaling for the day to day function to bring in income, um, but I still want to continue to build that rental portfolio and still continue to build my owner um, finance operation. We love doing that. We love selling with owner financing. The right deal comes along. We try to do it so we have no money into the deal as much or as little as possible sell some of those notes, keep some of those notes. That's our operation right now. And we're going to keep doing that and keep building our rental portfolio as large as possible and get into hopefully, you know, a hundred plus unit apartment buildings here. Well, so the rule, the, the, the game, the name of the game right now is liquidity. Yes. If, if you don't have liquidity, you're, you're, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. Yes. You're going to be screwed. You Right now, it would be like, listen, sell things that you can get a good, that you can, you still sell things to make good profits. Take some of that profits and take them off the table. Yes. Take it right. off the table. Get yourself sound. Make sure you're not trying to increase your expenses, your lifestyle. Right now is not the time to be going buying new big ass boats yep. or all that stuff. Be smart, right? Yes. And if you'll do just, if you'll be willing to live like no one else for just a minute, you can live with like no one else can for the rest of your life. And yes. and that's what I see as the opportunity. In 2008, 2009, I was still a beginner investor. I'm a seasoned investor now. Yes. And I only wish I was seasoned in 2009 and 10 and 8 
because uh, I would have done. I mean, I would have bought so much more and held held on to a lot more, right? But yeah, um, I wish I did. I know I do. <laughs> yeah, you know. But you know, we're coming into a new opportunity, and that's where I'm like, gosh, I want to make sure that I set myself up in the next, uh, you know, one or two years as we go through this little change to set myself up forever. Ever. Forever legacy, like kind of stuff. Totally. So I, I think that's. Retire. I think that's what we. That's where we're both at. Is right. Just understanding 100%. that that's the game. That's and the end game. If you're new right now, like you just stepped into a wonderful opportunity, which is markets changing, and yes. you may not be hurt. You're like there's nothing that you do if you're just coming in. You're new. For the ones that are, that are still, you know, that's been invested for a while, be smart about it. Like. Take some chips off the table. Get in a position where you have some cash. And then from there, learn to start, you know, throw out some fishing lines. Yes, totally. Opportunity out the wazoo coming up here. Get lean and mean, like you said. Get your now's the time to really look at your KPIs, right? And get your business as lean mean. If you don't need people, if you have extra people you really don't need, now's the time to move on from them. Just get focused. Get focused on what the upcoming opportunity is going to give you because it's going to be great. And Get as many private lenders lined up as possible. And right now, there's more opportunity in private lending than you would believe because I mean, some of the lenders I've been using who used to lend to a lot of different people, a lot of people aren't borrowing from them right now. I'm a lot of their only borrowers right now. I'm buying stuff, you know, even and they know my model. They like this short term stuff, right? They yep. know it's going to be long term. Um, so there's opportunity out there. Now I'm looking to be looking for some more longer term finance in case some of these. Other companies shut down the hedge fund, stop lending on 30 year, right? So I'll start looking for more private, long term private lenders. Yeah, long term private lenders. That's exactly what you, and listen, they'll understand. And they'll, they, because the one thing I know about private lenders is they hate to lose money. And, and, because and, a lot of them are in the stock market too. Yes. And, when the, and when it goes like that, they hate that. And, and actually, that's when they give me more money, give us yes. more money. Yep. Right. A hundred percent. We love um, when the stock market dives. That helps us big time. <laughs> so you actually have an education company as well. And and I would love for you just to share uh, real quickly uh, what you guys teach and, and what on that part of what you guys do. Sure. So it's REO Auction Academy. And what we do, we teach prop- people how to uh, buy properties on online auctions, as well as just traditional REOs and off the MLS. If they want to get, we still... Now we and in 2014 we cut off our direct mail, right? We used to do direct mail. We still teach how to do that. If people want to learn how to do that, that's a whole other level, right? But right now, what we're teaching how to do is just buy because opportunities are going to be coming again. REO opportunities are going to be out there at the wazoo coming up yes. here in a couple of years. There's going to be a ton. So now it's time to really get good at that. Get good at um, buying off the MLS and understanding that process. It's a totally different process than buying from um, Manj, uh, you know, Manpa homeowner, right? It's a different thing. So we teach how to do that. Then we teach different dispositions, right? We teach, all right, this is a property that's a good one for you to sell with owner financing. You're picking up for 10,000, you're selling to this guy for 30 and you're getting $8,000 down, which means you're 2000 out of pocket, right? Keep that one, hold that note, get yourself some wealth there and some monthly income coming in. So we teach them how to do a lot of those different types of things. Different strategies to, to figure out what's the best for this property. Yeah, absolutely. Highest and best use pretty much for each one. And we do some commercial stuff, usually small commercial stuff. I'll do some occasional, some strip shop stuff. There's, there's right now I picked up a, a multi-unit where it's, um, I think it's a television retail store down below yep. and then apartments up above it. 
So we're looking at a lot of that stuff too. And our students pick up occasional deals like that as well. Well, and so I always, I love just to make sure that I, because I believe just like I start off in single family, <laughs> that's where I started. And if you're new, new, maybe that's a good place for you to start. But I love the idea. And this is, I truly believe in this concept because I know it works. It's how I started is, you know, to find deals on MLS and all the places you just talked about. All that takes is grit and a little bit of work. You just have to hunt every day and put in offers. And yeah. for someone that doesn't have any marketing dollars or budgets, it's a great way to get a couple of deals on the line and, and make some money um, yes. from there. And that gets you into the game. Now you're in real estate. And then you start playing the games for short-term stuff. And also, but this is my biggest problem is a lot of people don't teach the long-term aspect. And yeah. so you got to start putting some stuff in for uh, forever money, yes. that long-term passive income, whether it be notes, rentals, or something mm -hmm. like that that's going to get you a monthly income that you can count on. And, and that's, it sounds like what you guys are doing. Totally. Totally. It's so important to have like, but last year I really built my rental portfolio up against, you know, the rental income, a couple hundred thousand, the note income over a hundred thousand, the flip income. And then you got a few hundred thousand more of the flip income. Then you got the wholesale income. So it's having all those different arms of income coming in that are great. Cause like it sucks when you're just fixing and flipping and you get a paycheck and then you're waiting three or four months for another paycheck as you yeah. that money down. Right. That's yeah. why it's important to do a lot of different other things. Uh, and, and eventually you get to where you just buy a big apartment complex, right? You have enough money to put down, buy that apartment complex. And now you've got that monthly income and that takes care of the income maybe you need for living. Right. And now you yeah. want to get more for other stuff. Yep. Awesome. So how do they find you, brother? So they can reach out to us at reoauctionacademy.com. That's probably the best way for it to, to catch up with us. They can just fill out a form there. And uh, if they want to talk to us more about our program, we would love to talk to them. Cool. Uh, real quick, just a couple quick questions here. Best book that you've read in like the last six months that's really helped uh, move, move you a little bit? Um. Let me see. I'm trying to remember the name of the one right now. <laughs> I was just reading. I'm like, you know, 1984, believe it or not. Because I hadn't read that since, I guess, probably grade school. And I forgot so much of that book. And it feels like we're living 1984 in a lot of different ways. Yeah. That was good. That's not a business one, right? But it's one to put in perspective, like, crap, where are we heading? What direction are we going in? Because we're going in the wrong direction right now, for yep. sure. And what's your what's your last piece of you know piece of advice to all the listeners out there listening? Uh, what would you want to tell them? Um, get ready for the future. The buying opportunity is here, right? The opportunity is now. Now's the prep time. Like we talked about, like right now is not the opportunity to buy, but three, six, nine, twelve months down the road, that opportunity is going to be there, and it's going to hit you so fast and furious. You need to be ready for it. So now's the prep time. If you're already investing, get rid of the stuff that you don't want. Get that cash on the sideline. Be ready to pick up stuff you do want. Oh, that's that's sage, dude. <laughs> Guys, listen. Hopefully, you enjoyed this with Paul Lizell. Um, You know, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show and, and really thanks for having me, wisdom. Corey. You know, the I really love your what you've done because you know a lot of times I have uh, if I have uh, fix and flippers or wholesalers in there, if they're just a one trick pony, um, I love the because I, I know that you live this. You have really a lot of different tentacles out there uh, playing the game for long term.
right? Yes. And it's, there's no just one solution strategy. It's really, hey, I've got this bucket, I got this bucket. And I think that's more important now than ever. And because you have it, it gives you a lot of clarity and safety and surety mm-hmm. that you're going to weather all these storms that come in and be fine and be able to be on the other side to make great moves. Yeah, we're prepped for it. We know what we know is going to happen. You know, we like I said, we've had conversations like this over the last couple of years. So we've been prepping for it and we were looking forward to the opportunity. We know we kind of cringe because people are going to be suffering at the same yeah. time. Yeah. But we're there's great opportunity for us out there. And hopefully we can create some real great long term wealth in this. That's it. Well, guys, listen, if there's anything, uh, you know, mindset does matter. You know, what you put and feed into your brain, how you talk to yourself, what's your belief in yourself and belief in your systems and your team and your people, it all matters. If you're not feeding your mind with positive affirmations, guys, you're missing out. Because if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.